0: Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.
1: Hi, this is Scott Galloway, NYU professor, best selling author, serial entrepreneur, and the host of the Prop G Markets podcast. For nearly two years, Prop G Markets has brought listeners unfiltered analysis on high flying stocks, burgeoning sectors, stupid acquisitions, and master of the universe CEOs. Starting May 20th, Prop G Markets is launching a new feed with two episodes per week. What a thrill! The good news? I know how to get your rich. The answer? It's on Prop G Markets. Don't miss out. Listen and subscribe to Prop G Markets wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening
0: to the Vox Media Podcast Network. Damon Martin, MMAFighting.com. And since his retirement, I haven't had a chance to catch up with this guy, He will one day, I assume, be a UFC Hall of Famer. He's a former two-division champion, and now one of the best commentators in the sport, Daniel Cormier. DC, what's going on, man? How is... uh, Where where are you at right now?
1: I'm in Louisiana.
0: Uh, How is home life in Louisiana? Please tell me you're eating good.
1: I am eating good. That's something I always do when I come here. Well, I appreciate you taking the
0: time as always. It's kind of crazy, man. Since since you know August happened and the fight, you've been busier than ever. Like I was like, man, DC's going to retire. He's going to have some time off. But man, you've had zero time off since uh, since August.
1: I've been trying to keep busy. You know, trying to work and just getting my life in order. To figure out this next phase. You know.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's been fun. How has it been? I mean, I know it's a weird question to ask, but I mean, you're not really, when I say retired, I say retired from fighting. You're not retired from working because you're still working, but
1: like, how, no. is it, how has it been these last couple months? The transition's been fun, you know? I, and honestly, it's not that different, right? I feel like for the last few years, I've been kind of prepping for this life because, you know, I fought three times in 2018, but then I fought once in 19, and I fought once this year. So the reality was, I wasn't the most active guy anymore, right? So, for the vast majority of the year, I would go in the gym, spar and work out some, but then I was doing mostly television things in the off time. And now, it's just not as much in the gym, you know, sparring and doing all those things, you know? The the workouts are at home. (laughs) In the garage, you jump on the treadmill, maybe go sit in the sauna, and then you're good. You don't have to go get punched in the head anymore, so... I feel like I've been almost preparing myself for this life uh, from a couple of years ago. Yeah, I'm not. I'm
0: not gonna rehash because I know we haven't had a chance to catch up since the fight. I'm not gonna rehash the fight and everything. I watch your podcast. I listen to your podcast, so I know everything's out there. But. When it's all said and done, we know the story, and we had this conversation many times before August, which was, why are you going to be the guy to walk away and actually stay gone because so many guys can't? I mean, Michael Bisping might be one. I think he might be one of the only guys I think is actually going to stay retired. But, you know, George St. Pierre, he's flirted with it constantly. I mean, we'll talk about Habib recently. When when Habib retired, I was like, man, this is one that's going to stick. Then three days later, it's not going to stick. So, like... How how have you, yeah. like, you, you you right away you pulled out you know you did the you saw the thing like you made it final like it was it was that and 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 again I expected it but it is surprising just because we know so many guys just can't walk
1: away from the sport. So for me it was this right it, for me it was um, I'm so comfortable with this decision that this is what I want to be, and I want to allow for every division and the company I work for, to be able to just kind of go forward. And it's hard to do that when you're kind of just hanging around with the possibility that you might fight again. Or, oh, don't, don't don't get too far away from what I want. And, and I gotta be honest, Damon, like when Jan Behovich and those guys all were going, oh, Jan is like, hey, you want to disrespect me, get off the couch and come fight me. And I think to myself, huh, maybe I'll go fight Jan Behovich. You know, like, I'll go fight him and you know get this done and then i can walk away that lasted about 15 minutes <laughs> and then i completely understood that i was really done hold on one second please
0: yeah no problem
1: i'm sorry damon it was not important <laughs> <laughs> no problem no problem important.
0: so yeah so i mean it, obviously it sounds like you at that moment 15 minutes into it you're pretty resolute
1: in your decision oh yeah so Jan, yeah well because so jan says that and i'm like and you know what maybe i will go fight him and you know, I, I you know, obviously every great fighter feels they can win and I was like, Maybe I'll to fight Jan Bahovich because <laughs> there seems to be a path for that, right? Like I didn't I when I left two O five I just kinda left, right? Like I, I vacated the title. Um and now, you know, that this new champion's there with n- not many big name fights on the horizon. Now he does, not and he has Izzy. But at the time he didn't, right? It was gonna be either Glover Teixeira or or uh, Tiago Santos. Well it's a little bit you know, when you're looking at a a Jan versus Glover or Thiago, that's a great fight. But if you're looking at a Jan versus D C uh, what's his name? Bohovich, yeah, Jan Bohovic versus D C that's a bigger fight. Right? It's like, oh my goodness, you know, this could this could be uh, an opportunity and in- I thought about that for like 15 minutes, and I was like, you know what? Eh, I'm good. <laughs> I'm good. Thought of going all the way down to 205 and all this other stuff. Yeah, I think I'm fine. Yeah,
0: yeah. And that was it.
1: Yeah, I know.
0: You know, at the end of the of the fights with with Stipe, things got a little bit more chippy. You know, a little chippier between you guys. And as you mm-hmm. told me before the fight, you said you kind of expect that when you compete with the guy three times. It's going to be a little chippy. It's going to happen. But when it's all said and done, do you walk away from that trilogy with a lot of respect for Stipe? Because I know he, I know he spoke praises about you afterwards and I know there was really nothing personal there. It was just a rivalry in mm. terms of competition. But like when it's all said and done, like do you walk away with a lot of respect for a guy like Stipe knowing that was the last guy you fought?
1: I, I always did respect him. Right. I never didn't respect him. Um, I never didn't respect Stepe. Uh, after the fights, yes, there's much more respect in, in, in that regard that he fought so well. He fought tough. He did a good job of, of winning the fight. Um So, yeah, there, there's, there's even more respect than I had prior. But I've always respected him. I never didn't, you know, and I think that's one thing that uh, people need to understand in regards to that rivalry. And I believe also that's what made the rivalry so fun and special to me was that we could be what we were to each other and still not uh have to have like I hate this guy because I never really did. You know, it was always kinda it was always kinda like built on competition and that was uh obviously I'm a competitive guy and, and I wanted to win the fights but you know, ultimately uh he he, he won two of the three
0: yeah. What do you make of the state of the heavyweight division right now? Looks like we're going to see Stipe and Francis too sometime early next year here in March. Sounds like what's going to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're a guy who obviously battles Stipe. I mean, do you feel like is going to be a guy who can continue to reign as champion, or do you feel like there's a chance Francis, you know, gets it done the second time around?
1: You know, honestly, I, I was thinking to myself, it's a matter of time. You know, like, it's the time. Like, how long is Stipe going to allow himself – To uh, allow yourself to recover from the fight that we were in, him and I. Because when he fought me the first time, he fought Francis um, a couple months ago. A month, four months prior, five months prior. And I punched him. And then, uh, and he just kind of fell. But I feel like in the second two fights, I hit him even harder than I did in the first one. (laughs) And he was able to withstand those punches. But I think it was a lot of the buildup or the damage taken in those fights with N- in Ghana. And then him and I took a lot of damage also. So if he doesn't um, take some time to let that chin refresh and recover, uh, I thought that Francis could win the fight. Yeah. It's an issue, man. It, he's not, not, but now that, that he's out for a little bit and kind of seems to be letting his, uh, letting his, uh, his body, uh, recover that's uh i think that he'll be i think he'll be fine now
0: yeah honestly. yeah is 38 too i mean obviously he's not you know a, a young man mm-hmm. i know heavyweights well, that's typically- I was,
1: and that's why i was that's why I was, so, that's why I was so open to be fighting with him all those time. <laughs> i wasn't fighting some 27 year old kid at 41 you know yeah i was fighting a 38 or 39 year old guy
0: yeah, absolutely. And to that point, I mean, you look at Stipe, you look at Francis, and then maybe John Jones. I mean, at that point, if he could do mm-hmm. D, if he could do Daniel Cormier, Francis, and John Jones at that point, I'm telling Stipe, walk away right now, be done with it, because you're not going to get any better than that.
1: Yeah, well, that's, those are the best fights out there, right? And big ones, big ones. You know, so uh, you know those those are big those are big fights. You know, if he gets to fight me, and he gets to fight. Uh, he gets to fight me and then he gets to fight Francis, gets to fight Jones after. I mean, that just will solidify him as not only the greatest heavyweight of all time, but one of the greatest fighters of all time. Those are massive, massive fights, especially if he can win those fights. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Let me—I was going to wait till later to ask you about this, but you know, because—and again, I, you know, I listen to your podcast. so I know you kind of comment on this week to week, but you know, the craziness of this sport. Literally, things change day by day. It seems like you know John Jones announced I'm going to heavyweight. I'm gaining weight to go to heavyweight. Now you got Israel Adesanya going to light heavyweight. Fighting Jan Blachowicz, if mean, he beats Jan Blachowicz, I mean, come on. There's no chance they're not going to do the, the Izzy-John Jones fight. And I talked to Curtis Blades about mm-hmm. two weeks ago, and Curtis told me, he's like, I'm not sold John's coming to heavyweight. I'm just not sold he's going to do it. He's talked about it forever. I feel like there's going to be uh, some situation come up where he's going to want to go back to ally heavyweight. As we stand right now, and again, things seem to change daily, is John Jones going to fight a heavyweight, or do you feel like maybe he's going to wait for this Izzy-Jan Blachowicz thing to play
1: out? I think he'll fight. I think he'll fight a heavyweight. But I also believe that, I also believe that the moment if, if he gets his hands on that title, um, Jones will want to fight him one way or the other. Now, one thing that, uh, one thing that, um, one thing that Israel is saying is, how about maybe Jones becomes a three division champion, and then I go and beat him? You know what I'm saying? Like, this was. This was this is where things get interesting, right? Because now, uh, now he starts to look at maybe trying to become a three division champion, which just seems like such an absurd thing to even mention um, out loud. Yeah, yeah,
0: and you never know. And like I said, I hate to look past John Blahovich. I mean, a lot of people look past him and Dominic no, Reyes. It's, he-
1: it's so sad. It's so sad, though, because Jan has worked so hard to put himself in the position that he's in. But the reality is, I feel like people are acting that way because they've seen him lose fights uh, before. But I think it would be a massive, massive mistake um, if people look past uh, Jan Behoves. I mean, he's a champion for a reason. And he is the type of guy that has shown that if you never give up on yourself you continue to believe and you continue to do the things you're supposed to do, you're going to win. Uh, You you can become a world champion.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, DC, let me switch gears. We talked about retirement. I mentioned your your good friend and teammate, Habib Nurmagomedov, greatest lightweight of all time. I don't think there, we talked about all the goat debate and everything. I don't think there's any question at this point where Habib stands in the history of the lightweight division at the very least. Announced his retirement. I thought, man, th- this is a guy who's going to walk away. He's going to be done. He made a promise to his mom. I get it. His dad, very tragic, of course. We all know how close he was with him. And then a few days later, Dana says, we talked and he's pretty confident, you know, Habib is going to come back and try to go for 30 and 0. Now, I'm not going to ask you to divulge your personal relation with, uh, with Habib because I'm sure you've had those conversations with him. But in your own head, like, were you surprised or are you excited now that you know that there's a pretty good chance it looks like he's going to be going for 30 and 0?
1: Um, no, I wasn't surprised. I, you know, I think that when we look at, at these things and Dana as a promoter and the head of the UFC, that's what he's supposed to do. He's supposed to be hopeful that he gets another Habib Medal fight. Why wouldn't he? And I think that's where we are today. I don't know for certain that Habib is going to fight. I don't know if he's not going to fight. Like I said, I try to keep our relationship friendship. I don't want to always be talking to him asking things about his career because he's a star, right? So, um, but but if you're Dana White, I think he's playing exactly as he needs to. And um, I don't know where Habib is personally, but if you ask me still, I mean, I know this guy is the man of his word, so I I don't know. I don't know what he's going to do.
0: Yeah, if Habib comes back and he goes for thirty and 0 and listen, I'm not going to discount you know other guys that are out there. Obviously, the Conor rematch would be huge, but Habib has made it clear it's not about the money for him. It's not about you know fighting Conor and getting another twenty million dollar payday. The Tony Ferguson fight is out there. We never got a chance to see that, and I would love to see that. But if Habib comes back for thirty and 0, Dana's teasing. He's got something. It's got to be GSP, right? Like there's no
1: other fight
0: that would, that would make
1: sense. It has to be. It would have to be George St. Pierre. I believe that a big fight is what he would want in order to try and just prove himself. Like you said, at this point, Habib Nurmagomedov is just trying to make history. And a win over George St. Pierre would do exactly that for him. When your resume becomes so big, not many things can add value to it. If he can go and wrestle GSP and beat GSP, that adds value. Yeah. How do how do
0: you see Habib matching up with GSP? Because it is a very interesting fight, right?
1: It's a great fight. It's a great fight. Um, I think George has good takedown defense. I think George has good striking. Um, the highest level striking that we had seen for a long time. Right? George was George was one of those guys that that almost seemed to be ahead of ahead of the times, right? Like he was almost ahead of the times. Like we were all learning to strike or wrestle while George was able to do them both at the same time. And that was very rare back then. That's why he stood out so far above everybody else. But if he fought Habib, especially after the Habib that you saw against Justin Gaethje, where people thought that he didn't have a, you know, in the standup, he was at a clear disadvantage. The way he fought in the standup, that tells you that, you know, He's got a a guy, a well rounded fighter in in front of him that can do just just about anything.
0: Yeah. It's crazy when you think about, you know, for years we talked about Demetrius Johnson being the best pound-for-pound fighter in the sport. I think pound-for-pound means different things to different people. I never thought Demetrius was number one in terms of competition, but in terms of skill... Demetrius was so great at everything he did. When you look at mm-hmm. Habib walking down Justin freaking Gaethje and then going out and basically picking his submission, deciding he wanted to go for a triangle versus the number, in that kind of a moment, like, when I see that and when I see the potential of a fight with GSP, like, I think in terms of talent, take all the other debates out of the question, all the terms of talent, we may never have seen a, talent, a more talented fighter than Habib Nurmagomedov when it's all said and done.
1: No, man, he's so talented. You know, I think when you start talking about guys with pure talent, you know, you think about him and you think about Jones. Um, those guys are just so so naturally gifted. Um, but I, I think it's just that iron will to to be successful and win that truly drives, I believe, the to be who he is. So um, all those things are, are 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 exactly true. You know, I don't know. And we've seen many people to have the natural ability that Habib has. But also, it doesn't just take natural ability. It takes natural ability and also an ability to train and prepare for those types of competitions.
0: Yeah. And we've had that debate ever since the fight ended, the whole pound-for-pound pound versus GOAT status. And I, I'm a big believer in mm-hmm. Khabib is number one pound-for-pound pound right now. I don't think that's a question. I think what he's done, especially in his last few fights, puts him there. Now, GOAT... I still have Jones. I think what John Jones has done during his career, you know, and I don't even, I'm not talking Ooh. about the title defense. I just think when the entire resume, I think it's better. But if Habib comes back and beats George St. Pierre, who in my opinion is the other guy in that, you know, three part conversation of Habib Jones and GSP, the greatest ever, he beats one of the other ones, that ends the conversation for me. Now, I, again, I know you've already said you believe Habib is the – but, I mean, he beats GSP. That's, to me, that's the end of the conversation. And, again, Jones could go on and do great things as well. But for now, Habib GSP, man. That's uh, that's pretty That's pretty monumental.
1: Well, when you think about Jones and his resume, a lot of those big-name guys are now behind him, right? So, like, Shogun and myself and Evans, all these – Rampage, all these champions from the past that he beat, It's all kind of behind him now. Um, And, and, you know, like I said, one of the most talented guys you'll ever meet. But, again, uh, for me, you know, bad tests eliminates you from the conversation. I mean, I just cannot understand how that is so hard to comprehend in a sport where we're fighting each other. You know, in in baseball, bad tests eliminates you from being considered and being in the Hall of Fame, and you're hitting a ball. You're hitting an an object that has no feeling. In fighting, you're punching people, human beings, and you have bad tests. That eliminates you. It's just too dangerous. So I think when you start to think about the greatest of all times, for all the things and all the great victories, you know, you can't look at those, me personally being a guy, that those fights did really long term damage to my career. It's hard for me to say this guy's the greatest of all time when every time we fought there was some sort of issue. Yo. And that 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 for me it like just kinda of changes the conversation. So then it becomes DJ, uh, Habib and George Saint Pierre. You know, and, and I think that's that's where you hit a baseball. The baseball is it has no feeling. You know, you're hitting it with a bat. And look at how they treat Barry Bonds and Mark McGuire and Tim Sosa. Look at look at how they treat those guys in that sport because that sport has um, – you know what's crazy about that too? You know what's crazy about the whole – in baseball, they treat Barry Bonds and them like that, and it wasn't even illegal. <laughs> That's true. There was true. no rule that said that those guys couldn't take steroids. And look at how they treat them. Look at how they treat them. Those was having bad tests while we had USADA, and people still want to place him at the top of the all-time greatest, but that's crazy. It wasn't even illegal in baseball back in the late 90s when those guys were hitting home runs freaking 50 yards longer than they ever had, you know? So um, it's just, it's, just a different, it's a different sport, obviously, but it, it just seems like the, 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 the possibilities of damage is just so much more severe in mixed martial arts and for anyone, and I mean, even Anderson, Right, Anderson was the man. Bad test. I don't care if it's a bad, bad freaking uh, uh, what's that blue pill called? Whatever <laughs> they were taking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The 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 even yeah. Viagra. Viagra. It is, it's for bad generic Viagra. <laughs> it does not matter. It's a bad test. And bad tests in the combat sport where you're punching people. Um, just not right, and it eliminates you.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think we've always talked about the asterisk, you know, gets put next to their name because of that. Because you know, again, uh, you know, some guys will say, "Well, I don't care if they it dated; it, I'll still fight him, That kind of thing. But at the end of the day, there's no way it doesn't taint your legacy in some way. I mean, listen, he's still to this day; he'll never not answer those questions. Anderson the same way; he'll never not answer those questions. That once it happens, it's kind of like that dark cloud that hangs over you no matter
1: what you do. Absolutely, and it sucks too because they're so so immensely talented. Like. So talented um, that I don't think any of those guys ever need to do anything wrong and just like would have been clean. You know, if you're like Habib's clean, like nobody has heard or suggested or thought that he's done anything negatively, um, uh, you know, outside of missing weight when he was on his way up. Like, those are the things that he is going to have to deal with in terms of negatively. Everything else, Demetrius Johnson. D- Demetrius Johnson is actually completely clean. No missed weights, no, no failed tests. He's just clean. Like, and those are the types of guys that you look at and say, well, this guy's the greatest fighter of all time yeah and I know it
0: doesn't play into the greatest all-time fighter debate but I think what Habib and guys like Demetrius have done to separate themselves even further in terms of the overall aura of the sport kind of like George St. Pierre is they did it the right way they're almost role models in a way and I, I'm not saying they have to play that role for kids or whatever but I mean you look at George St. Pierre you know the guy did it the right way Habib did it the right way like that matters in, in certain conversations right and yeah well in terms of
1: how you remember it you know because all those like those fights and stuff they're great they were remembered for them but your overall contribution to the sport also uh plays a part it will not play a part in who's the greatest fighter of all time but you don't want to be limited to just your actions inside the octagon
0: yeah, absolutely. D.C., before I get you out of here, I want to ask you, obviously, as a guy who's been very, very busy since your own retirement, obviously doing the commentary thing, you got your podcast, you're doing some stuff with EA Sports. What else do you have on the, you know, we talked about this a long time ago, and I know you mentioned it to me, the possibility of doing some crossover work with WWE. Where's that at? What's next for for D.C.? What do you got going on?
1: Well, I have some things that I was dealing with first. So When I get back home, I can start to talk to uh, the people that work for me to start seeing how we're going to move forward. You know, we've got some very unique opportunities outside of mixed martial arts on the table right now, and I'm excited to get back to them and figure out how uh, we move forward.
0: Yeah. Is it fun, though, knowing that, as you said, one of the reasons why, and you told me this multiple times with retirement, that you'd be able to walk away is you have other things going on. Obviously, your wrestling program, your kids got a lot of athletics, things like that. But in terms of your actual career, commentary gigs, I mean, you got a lot of, got a lot of irons in the fire right now.
1: Absolutely. And it's not going to stop. I'm going to continue to do that. I'm going to continue to just throw things against the wall until stuff, something sticks. I want the world to to just get a chance to try to know me and let's see what they think, you know, let's see if I can entertain the world. That's what I want to do.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I hope I hear you on the wrestling call one day. I think that'd be a lot of fun. I don't know if it's WWE, AEW, whatever it is. I would love to hear a DC call on a, on a
1: pro wrestling match. Oh, that would be fantastic. It, Damon. <laughs> It'd be something that we've always talked about. That's like the, that's like. The, there's a lot of
0: dreams in your career. That's got to be one of the dreams to eventually call a big wrestling match.
1: There's been so many things that I've thought about. And then when this whole WWE thing started to come um, into becoming a real opportunity, it was like I was a kid again and didn't know or think how I was able to manage and, and be able to be okay doing it because I'm just so excited about it
0: yeah absolutely well dc thank you as always for taking the time Uh, have a good trip at home obviously down louisiana get some good food down there i appreciate you doing this and i'm sure we will catch up again soon all right david thank you buddy all right talk to you soon Bye bye. you're listening to the vox media podcast network
1: more to do's less time
0: and an infinite number of tools to keep track of